Jonathan, welcome to Sexual Healing Central on Fireside. I'm very thrilled to have you here. So happy to be here. My first Fireside. Fantastic. So I always start just uh, just giving people a little information about Sexual Healing Central, and then I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. Sexual Healing Central is a really big umbrella, and I talk to all kinds of people about issues affecting relationships, wholeness, uh, recovery from all manner of medical issues, trauma, etc. And the mission is just to help people find more pleasure and wholeness. And I want to introduce now Jonathan Troen, who is a life mastery coach, and he is the creator of, get this, the self-love revolution. And Jonathan's going to be talking to us about how we can transform our self-sabotage into self-love. So help me in welcoming Jonathan. Well, thank you so much. Jonathan, so if you can introduce yourself, that would be awesome. Sure. Yeah. I I spent 20 years in the entertainment business out in uh, Los Angeles, Hollywood, and I, I was living the life of my dreams, at least the dreams I thought I had. You know, I was interviewing the biggest stars in the world. I lived three blocks from the beach. I could see the sunset out my window. And it was everything I worked really hard for. And then I discovered, after working so hard for all of this, I wasn't actually happy. And I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> like, wait a minute. What is wrong with me? So I... I kind of quit the entertainment business trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Uh, And over, you know, some years of research and discovery, what I realized was that there's actually nothing wrong with me. I just had to begin accepting me for who I am. And I had to stop trying to be other people or pretend I was other people or big one, live other people's values. Like I, I had stopped living my own values. And to be clear, I didn't know what values were back then. So I only can share this part of it looking, looking backwards. Um, but I started living the values of the studios and producers and whatnot that would hire me. What kind of business were you doing? Yeah, I had my own internet company at the beginning. And that's where, so we, we wired up all of Los Angeles um, and we broadcast concerts from everywhere, from the Whiskey and Roxy, from the small venues to you know Dodger Stadium and the now defunct Universal Amphitheater on, on the larger side. Because what I wanted to do back then, I, I loved music and I loved going to concerts and I wanted to interview bands. So I created a company to broadcast concerts and interview bands. And, and then that, that evolved into producing television. So then I produced television for a bunch of years, uh, Discovery Channels, shows, um, you know, Animal Planet shows, did a lot of stuff for e-entertainment. And so I, I started living these values. And you know, look, they were great shows. I produced some shows that I really loved. There were great people that work in all these companies. But we also did a lot of you know, how do we bring these celebrities down? Like build them up and then take them down. So how do we make fun of, you know, Britney Spears or or something like that, someone who's having a tough time? And I didn't really like doing that. And what that does is it feeds into our self-sabotage. 
but I was still self-sabotaging everything because of the voices in my head. Because I'd get home at the end of the day and, you know, I had this amazing interview with, with Cher or this an amazing interview with Green Day. I mean, I, all kind, I, I, I worked the gamut. You know, I really worked the gamut because I loved the gamut of music. And at the end of the day, I still beat myself up. Oh, you didn't ask that question right. You stumbled over that question or, you know, you forgot to ask that. I just make up really stupid stories. Um, but I didn't know I was doing it. It was, it was simply a habit. It was just a habit of mine to review my day, to figure out what everything that was wrong, supposedly so I could fix it. You know, if you get beat up, you feel like you're beat up. And no one else was beating me up, but I was beating me up. I was my self-sabotager. I was my old worst enemy. And I learned through a lot of practice and what I do now with, with people. And, the, and that's what the self-love revolution, that's what the, the movement is. That's what the program is. It's a way to transform living a life of self-sabotage to living a life of self-love so that we can really begin to enjoy our life our business, and our bank account all at the same time. Because the other thing I did when I started my company, before I went into television, when I had my own company, LA Live, I put everything into it because that's what I was taught to do. You start a company, you put everything into it. And I ignored a lot of friends. And, and luckily, you know, my strong friendships are still there. But there are other ones that were really good friendships that just aren't there anymore because I didn't return phone calls because I didn't think I could have my business and my life at the same time. And I know I'm not the only one who does this. Uh, and then other people think, you know, well, if I do things that are going to benefit my life, well, what about my business? And that will fail. And I'm here to tell you, not true. I mean, my business right now, my main business is, is a mindfulness center here in Austin, Texas. Uh, it's called Austin Yoga Tree. I also have the self-love revolution. I also do, uh, do group and one-on-one coaching. But the real business that I have is Austin Yoga Tree. And that is the most successful business I have had. Now, why is a mindfulness studio more successful than um, what was the, the number three music site on the internet? MTV was number one, Sony was number two, we were number three. Only one reason, because of my mind. My mind, I changed my mind, and that's why I am more successful with this, this, this little local mindfulness studio teaching yoga and meditation and self-compassion techniques than a music internet company broadcasting the biggest stars in the world. <laughs> you know, what strikes me here is a lot of the people in the audience, I imagine, just, just by looking at the photos and, and recognizing names, we're creators, um, we're podcast creators, we've been, uh, we're firesiders, and we are entrepreneurs. And we are also maybe in this mindset of, okay, <laughs> I've got to get this going. I've got to make more improvements. I've got to, you know, climb higher and higher and higher. And it is, uh, it's so damn tricky to be ambitious and to want to create something, but at the same time, attend to ourselves in, in a way that's really going to nurture us and and balance out our lives and all. So I'm going to, I already know you've got these amazing tips and I, I want to leave time also for people to ask questions. Anyway, Jonathan, I know you've got three tips for us about how we can make this transformation from this self-sabotage. Yeah, totally. Uh, the first, and I get that it sounds cliche, folks, but it's really important. 
is gratitude. If you think you're going to live a life of joy without gratitude, you are sorely mistaken. I don't care how much money is in your bank account. And here's also the thing about gratitude. See, we are, we are chemical making machines, this human body of ours. And gratitude sends the chemicals of dopamine and serotonin into our bodies. These are the happiness hormones, right? So, you know, we, th- we think all these things from the outside world will make us happy. And I'm not saying things from the outside world aren't good and, you know, and I have stuff and I enjoy stuff. Sure. But you can create it from the inside. And in fact, dopamine, companies like Facebook and, and Google pay millions of dollars to psychologists so they can figure out how to create platforms that will release more dopamine into your system so that you'll stay on their platforms longer. So when you catch yourself in the death scroll of Facebook or Instagram at two in the morning, put the phone down and offer some gratitude. It's also about transitioning from a negative emotional state to a positive emotional state. 80% of our thoughts are negative for most people. They've done the research. 80% of our thoughts are negative. And then we try and make changes in our life. You cannot create change that sticks from a negative emotional state. To be clear, you can make change, changes that don't stick. That's why you get these changes, but then you fall back into old patterns because you made it from a negative emotional state. But if you can make uh, uh, your change from a positive emotional state, instead, the change sticks. How do you create a positive emotional state? To be clear, there are different ways. You can go for a jog, take a nice bath, put on a song that you love, but gratitude you can do anywhere, anytime. It's the simplest way to transition from a negative emotional state to a positive emotional state. And it is necessary for a joyous life. So let's dig in a little bit to this one because I think that there is such a, it sounds simple, but it's it's not really. Like, okay, let's say that, like I started a, an exercise regimen in January and uh, and so I'm I'm working out more, but a lot of the times, uh, the improvements that I'm making, rather than trying to make further change from this positive place, it's about, okay, got to get rid of that belly, right? Is this what you're talking about? Or- yeah, and, and, and you'll right. get rid of it, and then right. it'll be back in six months. Right. And so you'll then- get rid of it again. You'll work really hard. You'll get rid of it again, and then it'll be back in six months. Because you didn't change your relationship with you and your body. You're still mm. still still upset with your body for not being the way you want it to be, as opposed to thanking your body for just showing up every day and walking you through the world. And when you do that, here's the thing. When you do that, especially when it comes to weight, right? The number the number one cause of excess weight is stress. I didn't make this up. This isn't me talking. This is the research talking. It's not too many calories. It's not lack of exercise. It's none of that. It's stress. Because that's the way our bodies were, were created. When we're in stress, we think we might not get food, right? This is evolutionary. Um, and then we, we store weight. And when we beat ourselves up, what happens? When we look ourselves in the mirror saying, you're not good enough, you don't look good, what happens? We stress ourselves out. And then the body says, well, let me gain weight. And then we gain weight. And then we yell at ourselves. And then we stress ourselves out. And then we gain weight. Now, here's the other thing. When you start being kind to yourself, and we're kind of on step three now. We jumped over gratitude. Wait, 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 let's let's stay with this for a second. So instead of 
whatever it is for, for all everyone here, like, you know, I got to get rid of this belly or got to get my shit together, you know, today, or got to stay off Facebook and not be so drawn in, you know, whatever it is, got to make more money this year. Instead of those, tell us what's a positive way of making it, having an intention for change. That's not beating ourselves up. Look around you. What is beautiful in your life? All of you at least have a cell phone. Be thankful that your cell phone is working and that you're, you're, it's connected to the internet. Um, you're listening to this. That means your ears are working. You can offer gratitude for your ears because some people's ears aren't working. And look, I, I've had, you know, I mentioned, you know, I did a lot of stuff in the music business. So, so I, I've had a ringing in my ears for decades and I used to be really upset about it. And not that I love the ringing in my ears. I would prefer it not be there. But every day I can hear a conversation, I offer thanks. I can still hear. I mean, sure, I put the subtitles on the TV when I can, but if I'm somewhere where they don't have the subtitles up, I can get by, I can still hear. Wow, that is awesome. Thank you, ears, for allowing me to participate in this conversation here. So there's so much for us to be grateful for. I'm not saying there aren't things we want to be better. There are things I want different in my life, but I can spend 80% of my time focusing on those, like I used to, like most people do, according to the research that they've done, or I can spend 80% of the time thinking about the great things. I, I live in a house. I have a roof over my head and I have food to eat. Wow, that's huge. Not everybody has that. I see the roses outside my windows blooming. Wow, that is beautiful, right? I, I could be looking at a dirt alley and nothing wrong. Hey, if you live in somewhere, you're looking at a dirt alley, that's totally cool. I'm just saying, what do you have that you can be thankful for in your life? And so do you use, I know people will use like a gratitude list at night or They'll have a very specific kind of practice, even ritual, for when they express gratitude. Are there any things like that that you recommend? Yes, writing it down, hugely beneficial. Um, but if you can't write it down, you have to picture it. But here's what you got to understand is that it's not words on a sheet of paper, right? Then it's just another task. Okay, let me get, let me get a piece of paper and write down 10 things I, 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 I'm grateful for, and then you're done. No. Gratitude is a feeling. Gratitude is an emotion. Gratitudes are an experience that you have in your body. So it can be helpful. In, in, instead of writing down 10 things, write down five things. I am grateful for. Write down five things. And then for each one, why you are grateful for it. Or write down one thing. I am grateful for one thing. And write down five reasons you're grateful for that one thing. Because it's the why you're grateful for it, which is going to connect you to the experience in your body. If it's, if it's an intellectual gratitude experience, it's, it's not going to change anything. It has to be a, a, an experience of gratitude that you feel in your body. And going to the why of it helps you get there. You know what it's making me think of, too, is let's say I'm sending out an email because I want something. I want to accomplish something. Let's say I want to get my book into more bookstores. I do want to get my book into more bookstores. So I'm just thinking, so I'm sending out the email. I could be thinking about it from this negative place. Uh, Got to get my book into more bookstores. Or I could be thinking, 
oh, I'm going to reach out to this bookstore. And oh, I'm so grateful for the bookstores that are already carrying my book. Is it something like that as well? Yeah, there are two parts to that. One is, yes, I'm so grateful for everything that's, cover, that, that, that's carrying my book. Thank you, bookstores. Picture them. But now here's, here's, the, here's where it really changes. Why are you grateful that bookstores are carrying your book? Why? What's the why for you? Why are you grateful? It's a real question. Because then uh, more people can discover it and read it. I can help more people. Ah, there you go. How does it feel to help more people? It feels great. Yeah. Yeah. That's the gratitude. Mm. Who cares about the book in the bookstore? And you don't want your book to be in more bookstores. You want to help more people. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, your book in bookstores is a pathway for helping more people. But when you're visioning the future, you want to vision it by the people you're impacting. Gratitude for the people that help you get there, the bookstores, sure. But the goal isn't to have books in a bookstore. Mm -hmm. There are lots of books in a bookstore. Some of them don't even get sold. So it's separating the transactional part of our equations, Mm -hmm. um, internal equations. Like, I got to get this in the bookstore. No, I want to impact people. Because my guess is if you could go to the park and have 10,000 books and have 10,000 people and they bought it from the park, you wouldn't care about the bookstore. You want to impact the people. But we forget about that along the way. It's not our fault. That's how we were taught. But we have to reteach ourselves what's important. These are, like I said, the tips are simple, but they are deep. And if you're just joining us, I've got self-love expert Jonathan Troen, who is the leader of a movement, a self-love revolution, and he's sharing some tips with us. Jonathan, I want to be mindful of the time because I know you've got some something important to do at four. So um, so we'll end right there. But uh, um, I mean, we'll end at four. So I, I'd love for you to, to share with us these other tips that you have because we, we're yeah. only on the first one. Number two, forgiveness. Forgiveness has created the biggest change I've ever had in my life. Uh, a few years ago, I implemented in my life a daily forgiveness practice. Forgiveness, I call the most important skill that none of us were ever taught. It is so profoundly important. And, you know, people carry these stories on for years about things that happened, you know, years ago, decades ago, and they relive it. And, It makes it very hard to create a beautiful future when you're living with the mistakes of the past. That's other people's mistakes. That's also our own mistakes. You know, there are three paths of forgiveness. Forgiveness of others, asking forgiveness from others, and forgiveness of self. We got to forgive ourselves. Um, Now with time, I can run you through through the the whole forgiveness um, practice about working through old things. But anyone, you're, I, I'm brand new on the platform. My email isn't there, but you know, you can search me and find me on, on any of the platforms. You'll find my email to online. I'm happy to send it to anyone. I'm not withholding this. This is not a tease. You got to connect to something. Happy to share with you. Although you really should join the self-love revolution. Um, it will change your life. So I'll, I'll pitch that too, but I'll give this to you for free. So I have a longer meditation for you to work through for some of the old things that you're still carrying with you so that 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 won't hold you back anymore. But this is what I do every single night, every night without fail. And if I'm having a difficult day uh, with, with maybe difficult people in my life, I do it multiple times a day. This is what I say. I forgive myself 
and anyone else who has hurt or offended me, knowingly or unknowingly, because half the time they don't even know, physically, emotionally, or monetarily, I wish them no harm. I accept this moment as it is, and I release myself from any future pain. I say this every night. Mm. So when I go to sleep, I don't have to toss and turn about all my mistakes from the day, about what other people said to me during the day, how they hurt me or offended me. I let it all go so I can have a peaceful sleep. I wake up in the morning rejuvenated. That is the biggest change I have made to, to my life that has the most impact. Because stuff happens every day. Every day, it's a combination of things that you wanted to happen and it went well and things that didn't go so well or you would have rather had to go different. Every day is a combination. One more good, next day more bad. You know, when you do this, this uh, what I call it a bedtime forgiveness ritual, it lets all of that go. Mm. Let's all of that go. All my mistakes, forgiven. Other people who piss me off, forgiven. I wish them no pain. Because half our time is, is, is spent wishing other people pain because they did something that didn't benefit us. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live with that. It's it's really profound because I, I feel like there is so much, and, and it even goes back to your original point, connects so beautifully because there's so much about this, you know, negatively, you know, like, okay, well, I've got to do this because I was, a, you know, such a fuck up. You know, yeah, right, right. I was such a fuck up or I was such a failure before that, uh, you know, or whatever it is, you know, that now I really have to like get it together or go further. Right. We're always in the state of I have to do more, more, more. Mm. And I'm not saying don't do more. We need to learn and grow. Yes. But you have to celebrate yourself first. If you're always beating yourself up, you can't learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Hard to learn and grow from a state of stress, going back to that. And yeah, forgiveness just opens up the door. It is a profound practice. I'll say it again. It's the most important skill that you've never been taught. And it's a skill, which means you can practice it. And to be clear, you're going to suck at it when you start. If you haven't done it before, you will suck. Just like if you sat down on a piano right now and you never played before, or you, the last time you played was when you were 10 years old, chances are you'll suck at it. But if you practice, you're going to get great at it. Please, please, please practice forgiveness. That would change our whole society. And I love that you gave us a, a way to do that with, uh, with a nightly ritual. Let's move to the third tip so we can, we can get yeah. that. Yeah. So, th- so this is, is simply talking kindly to yourself, really acting in a way of self-love. Uh, in a manner of self-love, uh, treating yourself like your own best friend. So when you look in the mirror at night, instead of beating up your body, I don't like the way that looks, instead of beating yourself up for your mistakes, and it is all connected, right? These are connected. It's celebrating. So cel- look, finding one thing on your body that you really do like, you know, whether it's your ears, which you can't see, okay, I'm grateful for hearing. Or if you can see, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror, oh, my eyes still work. How great that my eyes work, whatever it is. Or maybe you like your smile, or maybe you like the way your eyes look, or maybe you like that that birthmark or whatever it is. Pick something and pick one thing that you did do well today. Yeah, you screwed stuff up. I guarantee that you screwed stuff up today. I did. I already screwed stuff up. I, You know, I double booked this time. I double booked it. I couldn't believe it. And I worked so hard. But the time zones got me really confused. And full honesty, 
um, because the other, the other, uh, appointment was really important to me also. Um, I beat myself up. I'm going, Oh, you idiot. For about five minutes, I'm just beating myself up. And then I go, okay, whoa, 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 Jonathan, 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 forgiveness. And I forgave myself and I treated myself like I would a friend. And I just said, Jonathan, I got your back. I'm here for you. And this is all going to work out just fine. Start talking kindly to yourself and start becoming your own best friend. Hmm. Very, very powerful words because I think it's, again, sounds simple. Not so simple, not so simple to, to do that. And one thing that I, I've really been playing around with is, is taking that, that kindness, that's kindness towards self, the self love and really also turning it into actions and, and thinking about what I'm doing during my breaks, during my lunchtime. You know, how am I treating myself? What kind of food am I eating? Am I giving myself really delicious moments? Am I taking the time to really get the beautiful mug out from the cabinet, you know? Yeah. Like if you're alone, and I know it's hard to do every day. I, you know, I have to be honest too, that, that it's not like I, I am a hundred percent, but I do, I do do it, um, you know, somewhat regularly, even if I am just alone and my son's not here, just me, or for lunch or something, I'll treat myself like I would a friend. If I had a friend over, I'd make a, you know, a, a nice something. Mm-hmm. And, and I do it lovingly. Yeah. Do that for yourself once in a while. Treat yourself like you would a friend. Yeah, really, really powerful. And uh, I know we've got to end, and um, but I'll make a quick connection just just to the larger umbrella of my podcast, which is sexual healing, and how so much of the foundation of it really is that that self love, understanding ourselves, taking our own pleasure seriously, taking ourselves seriously as people who have a right to to be healthy whole people in the world. So um, I thank you for that as well. And uh, I will certainly pass on some of these tips to to my clients in that area. Jonathan, before we end, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I'll leave you with two things. One is, if you can, join a community. Go to selfloverevolution.com and join us. It's easier to practice in community. Join us. The teachings are all there and it goes into so much more detail. It's just, it's, it's honestly, this is the most powerful work I've ever, ever created. I know you don't all know my whole background. I, I gave a little bit about it. This is the most powerful work I have ever created. I've ever shared with anyone. I would love you to join me. If you have questions, you reach out to me. Um, I will an- answer you, Jonathan at selfloverevolution.com. And the other thing I want to leave you with, even if it's just one thing, say one kind thing to yourself today and then tomorrow, and then the day after. Eventually, you'll, you'll just start saying kind things to yourself all day long, but, it's, but it, it's, you don't always just start off that way. But say one kind thing to yourself today. You can do that, and you're not alone, and I've got your back. Oh, my gosh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It's really been a pleasure having you here, and I'm so grateful to have your wisdom on today. And I, I know that people got something very valuable out of this. And we will speak again, I'm sure. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much.